Welcome to Middle School Walk and Talk, a podcast series offering heart, hope, and health to members of our middle school communities. Take a walk with co-hosts Phyllis Fagel and Joe Mazza as they discuss self-care, student well-being, school culture, and more. Middle School Walk and Talk is a production of the Association for Middle Level Education and is designed to support the concepts outlined in our foundational text, The Successful Middle School, This We Believe. Learn more at amle.org. Today's episode, One Trusted Adult. Hey, Phyllis, how's it going? It's going well. How about for you, Joe? You know what? We're doing okay. We're doing okay. We're heading uh, from uh, hopefully a heavy winter into spring. Pitchers and catchers start in a couple days. Well, hopefully, maybe. We have a really, really inspiring guest today. Uh, With us right now is Brooklyn Rainey. Brooklyn is the author of One Trusted Adult, and one of her missions is to make sure that every kid has an adult, uh, a trusted adult in their life. Every kid on this planet, you know, we're focused on middle school, but um, this isn't just a middle school thing. So welcome, Brooklyn. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I listen to this walk and talk all the time, so I am truly honored to be a part of it. I'm just going to throw in too, and I'm also really excited that Brooklyn is here because she has created this series called The Ripple Journal, which as a school counselor, it is such a handy addition to the resources that I have. It's full of activities that do foster that connection with kids and with students. And I think what is so great about this journal is that you don't have to be a counselor in order to benefit from the activities in the book. And it's a way maybe even to connect with the harder to connect with kids who don't necessarily come barging through the door to have lunch with a teacher or to ask for help. Brooklyn, tell us a little bit about how this whole thing got started. Absolutely. So I was a school administrator and I was working in high schools at the time. And we had prevention program after prevention program. So as you all know, you've sat through every suicide prevention, substance prevention. And on the third one of the month, I, it really struck me that every single one ended with, if you have a worry, concern, fear, reach out to a trusted adult. And sitting there with, surrounded by my students and my colleagues, hearing that for the third time in a row, it it really struck me. Like, we say that term, we know what that term means, I think, but how do we do it? And if I asked every young person in this audience, if they had a trusted adult at school, would they be able to name someone here? And also... Do the adults in this building see themselves that way? Do they show up every day as a trusted adult first and then a chemistry teacher or then the ski coach? Or is it sort of secondary, um, not the primary focus of what they're doing uh, every day? And as a school administrator, and we were talking, you know, all those issues we have in our office all the time, there's a big difference when young people have had some issue or violation or broken a rule and you're having a conversation, if they've got an adult in the building they can process that with or can come to that meeting with them, there's a really big difference in their ability to respond in an educational way um, and not just in a, a disciplinary reactive way. So I knew the power of a trusted adult. I just didn't know exactly how to grow a culture that centered that and prioritized that. So set out on a mission to research that, talk to hundreds of people about their relationships and communities, and then, you know, trying to aim to build tools to help. What are the tools that help? And I find this really interesting because 
several years ago, I started asking my students at the beginning of a term several times a year, just to take a minute, they could close their eyes if they wanted to. And I wanted them to think about who that one person would be that they would go to for help if they were in a crisis. And I was doing it for a couple of reasons. One is because middle schoolers don't intuitively know when they need to ask for help. When they do ask for help, they tend to ask a similarly impaired eighth grader. And (laughs) if they do actually know to ask for help and know to go to an adult, they don't necessarily make those decisions well if it's during the crisis. So I want to front load that decision-making. And then after I ask that question, I say to them, if you can't come up with anyone, you don't have to respond right now, but please come see me and we can brainstorm together. And I suggest teachers do the same thing. And the teachers have noticed the same thing that I have, which is if you actually invite them and self-identify as a trusted adult, while you're thinking about this, everybody, I want you to know, I also am a trusted adult. Within minutes of doing that particular or leading that particular conversation, they will seek you out, at least a couple of kids. So I'm really interested in how you impart that message, how you actually put that, operationalize it so that kids do know who to ask for help. Absolutely. I love that you're having those conversations with your students. And that's exactly what we're trying to encourage people to do. We started, so I was doing this work at the high school level and then realized we need to start sooner. And that's why the Ripple Journals you mentioned, like we are really honing in on the middle school age because in the elementary, they seem they're pretty trusting, right? The the adults in the building, like they're their people. In middle school, the middle schoolers start to get a little bit skeptical of the adults surrounding them, which is healthy and wonderful and awesome, um, but also means that we've got to try harder. We've got to really lean into these relationships and open ourselves up. We talk about magnets and mirrors, so creating connection and also opportunities for reflection. Um, And then show young people, we have something called the four C's. So challengers, cheerleaders, comforters, and coaches. We break down mentors and teachers and adults in their lives in these four categories to show that all four of those, like somebody who's challenging you is really invested in your success, your growth, your development. Here's what healthy challenging sounds like. Here's what unhealthy challenging sounds like. And here's why you should lean into that. Same with comforting. Like there's a a shadow side to all of these modes. We actually have a quiz for adults that they take to figure out which way you lean. And it's fascinating because as a parent, I lean one way. And as an educator, I think I lean differently. Um, but it's all about this sort of peanut butter jelly approach. We all need to bring our collective strengths together to show up for kids the way they need us in a certain moment. So identifying what they need, a cheerleader, challenger, comforter, or coach. So that's one example of a lesson we might be running with a group of middle schoolers to talk about how to look for trusted adults, what trust is, how it might show up. And our our mission is preventative and proactive. So you mentioned that they may not in the heat of a moment, a crisis, a problem, reach out to that adult. And I think they will if we lean into the proactive and preventative and really focus on building those relationships on the front end. So we have something called Operation OTA, uh, which is all about ensuring that one trusted adult relationship in schools. There's a middle school version and a high school version. It's got two lesson plans. It's got a do-it-yourself PD uh, for your team, as well as uh, three assessments. So one that the adults do, where they actually run through the students and say, do I think that this person would name me as a trusted adult? And it asks you questions that if you can answer them about this child, then you might be someone who they would uh, turn to. And then two assessments for the students, as well as school-wide ideas for community engagement 
like school-wide rock, or pa- rock, paper, scissors challenge or school-wide gotcha, things that would put young people in interaction with adults that they wouldn't cross over with in their everyday routine, just to what open is, up the possibility. What yeah. is the rock, paper, scissors? What? Uh, so <laughs> I mean, I know, it, I know what rock, paper, scissors yeah. is, but in the school-wide version. With yeah, the so the one we do, like huge competitions that are super simple and ha- can happen super fast. Um, so it's best two out of three. You can challenge anyone and everyone's got a pin. But as soon as you're, you lose, you give your pin to the person who beat you. And so by the end, there's two people left who have like this bag of pins and they've won them all from <laughs> everyone yeah. across the whole school. Um, and then they usually do it at a big all school meeting or community meeting. And there's this big thing. So it, again, it's like when it gets down to like, oh, Mr. Maza still in, you got to go challenge Mr. Maza. And it just creates these like silly opportunities for crossover and connection. I love that. I also like how you do these quizzes with the adults in the building, because I was talking to uh, a, pr- a former principal who now does more consulting and he's writing a book on middle school, actually. His name is Chris Baum and he used, he founded the Millennium School in San Francisco. And when we were having a conversation about this, he said that not only is it unfair to ask overburdened educators to add SEL on top of their lessons without providing them with the time and the support to in- enhance their own wellness, but it's borderline cruel. And so he and his school, what they used to do was have the adults do the exact same activities around wellness, around conflict resolution, mindfulness that the students were doing so that they were also in a more centered place and able to actually teach this stuff. And so I like how you engage the, the adults in the, in the building as well. Yeah. A big motto of ours is with, not for. And I'm sure you've heard that. I think I've heard that on your podcast before, with, not for, that we, everything we do is with young people instead of being for young people, that we sit down beside them. And we have every advisor have their own journal, Ripple Journal, because they're doing it right alongside the young people. It's no prep. You're not delivering a curriculum. You are working through these exercises together. Brooklyn, um, you know, one trusted adult um uh, it's it jumps off the page um we use that term a lot you know i like a lot of other teachers and principals at the middle school level meet um with groups of of teams about kids each week and you know a lot of times when we're talking about a certain kid that has this issue or that issue and we're trying to problem solve and put our heads together you know we ask the question you know and, and i'm usually the one that that asks this question like okay who's who's their person you know who's their trusted adult and, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, it, it's not necessarily anyone or we can't name that person or we need to ask this person if, if this is the case. Um, help me understand, you know, if, if I'm, you know, coaching teachers on what exactly that looks like. You know, you, you list some qualities of a trusted adult um, as part of this uh, particular, you know, piece here. Can you elaborate on what those things are? So if yeah. my teachers are really looking to be that person for this kid or evolve that way, I think all of us with the pod scenarios over the last year or so, we felt more and more like that trusted adult. You know, this year there's not as many pods, but, you know, the same expectation for we need to be trusted adults for our kids is, is there and, and must continue to be there. So help us with, if I wanted to, if I was a teacher that really wanted to become a trusted adult, what would that look like, sound like, what qualities, um, you know, come to the surface in your research? This is exactly what we're doing. And and we're, we saw something um, 
a little different than what you're describing. But when we ask young people, not so many that can't name a trusted adult, well, about 25 to 30% actually in schools can't name a trusted adult, but that within the ones who can, they name the same people. So it's the counselors and the charismatic. I would, that's not scientific term, that's my term, but the counselors and the charismatic get named over and over and over. And when I think about burnout and compassion fatigue and all the things we're worried about, it's like those educators who are really leaning into this are being named by all of the students. That's a heavy, heavy load to carry. And so we are trying to build capacity and commitment in all adults, educators and beyond. I know this is a school podcast, but please know we're working with everyone, law enforcement and foster youth, juvenile justice everywhere to say this is this is a community commitment, not just a school commitment, a community commitment. Young people just happen to spend a lot of time at school. So it's really important they have a trusted adult there, but hopefully they have a trusted adult everywhere. And the way we train on it first is to ask adults to go back and think about who showed up for them or who didn't show up for them. And it's really fun to get a group of educators to think back to their middle school selves, like what were the posters on your wall in your bedroom? What was your hair like? (laughs) And who mattered? Whose opinion mattered to you? Who did you want to make proud? Who did you not want to disappoint? Who did you want to tell good news to? Who did you go to when you were worried? And think about that person. And what we've heard is it's somebody who challenged them, who celebrated them, who was there for them, on and on and on. We hear the same phrases over and over. And we've been able to categorize those findings into something we call the ABCs, which is accessible, boundaried, and caring. And we share that in three circles that overlap. Like accessible is available, present, able to be reached, that they put their phone away when the young person is in their presence, that they're really there. Boundary being that our safety and our emotional well-being is always number one priority. And caring that you actually feel a genuine investment in your well-being and growth but like from this person. So those are the ABCs. And I really believe in the overlap of those qualities is where trust is built and burnout is beat. Because without with accessibility and care without that layer of boundary is savior syndrome, dangerous territory where any one of us would burn out. I, I, that really resonated for me, just the idea that sometimes it's the same people who are being named over and over again. And it makes me think of something that Dr. Sanaya Luthar, who is a researcher and does a lot of work in burnout, and she runs groups for adults and educators. And one of the things that she's been recommending that schools do is not only figure out who those people are, who are those uh, charismatic counselor type people who are being named over and over again, but actually recognize that that is a role and a service that they're playing for the community and give them time to do it. Um, so in addition to expanding the capacity of the other people in the building to help with that heavy lift, to actually honor the work that they're doing that isn't normally celebrated or is seen as you know extra, something that they're choosing to do and value it in the same way they might value the person's taking on an extra recess duty or bus duty. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. So Brooklyn, you know, schools haven't changed a whole lot over the years. You know, I think, you know, tech is changing. Um, The pandemic has obviously caused lots of different shifts, some of them good, some of them not so great. Um, You know, in in your mind with this, with this program, with this approach and the one trusted adult, where's the you know, what's the difference between what, what you'd like to see, you know, for this to be full blown, you know, every kid on the planet, as you referenced uh, before we came on today and where we are now, 
You know, what is it that we need to to do? What's what's in the middle? I think that there's there is this gap between adults and young people, and sometimes it's relational, and sometimes it's language. So I was talking to a middle school principal who said we focus on all the things we're supposed to focus on. Our mission is all about their well-being. We have these wellness days. We have social emotional learning. We have everything advisory, and we surveyed our students. And only 50% of them could name a trusted adult in the building. And I, the more I spoke with her and her team and got to know this school, it was clear to me that the gap was not relational. Young people came to school to be with those adults. Like there, it was a wonderful school, a wonderful community. But then they do this survey and she felt like we've worked so hard on this and it's not showing in results of the survey. And so I asked, had they ever been introduced to the language of a trusted adult? Had they been introduced to the language of healthy community or wellness as a priority? And it turns out, no, they had not. And so we're surveying, surveying young people and so on a term they've never even heard before. So we're working on tools like when you hand out um, your syllabus or information on your, you want to get the goals of your students. We've got some in our resource library, um, you know, Mrs. Rainey's chemistry class. And it says, here's the information on me. Tell me about you. Uh, here's where to find me, my email, etc. I hope you will see me as a trusted adult in chemistry and beyond. Like these little signals to young people that we are here for them in more than the target area or um, content area that we care about their well-being in a bigger way. And so that's what I'm looking to help close that relational gap and the language gap, help young people go 50% of the way to meet the wonderful adults who are showing up every day as trusted adults for them. I think that these practical tools are going to be so incredibly helpful to individual educators, especially for teachers who are less comfortable interacting with kids, but who want to, you know, I think there are a lot of teachers who do want to have those authentic connections with kids, but just struggle to bridge that distance, don't have that language themselves even. And so I really appreciate that you've given us so many tools to work with. And it, I think just to, to close us out, I'm going to go back to that episode that Joe and I just did last week when we were talking to middle schoolers themselves. And one of the eighth graders on the podcast kept talking about how often her math teacher would ask them how they felt and mm -hmm. how that class was the place where she felt most understood. And she was so much more willing to attend to the lesson and to participate because she had that strong connection with the teacher. So it's really win-win. Mm -hmm. It's you give the respect, you get the respect, but also you give the compassion, you get the compassion. And I think that's really what everybody needs right now are tools to both offer and receive compassion. And so really appreciate your being with us here today. Thank you. Absolutely, thank you. I heard that podcast too, and I kept saying, wow, that, that is an educator who made that student feel named, known, valued, and I did not feel that way in math. <laughs> uh, so I was thrilled to hear of a student feeling so safe and comfortable uh, and happy to go to math class. Yeah, for sure. So Brooklyn, could you just uh, tell listeners where they can find you and your work? Yes, so onetrustedadult.com, you'll get a good sense of everything that we're offering and the ways that we're partnering with schools, specifically um, middle schools. I'm Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. 
Um, and definitely sign up for our newsletter. So one thing we're doing is picking a theme from the Ripple Journal each month and sending out our magnets and mirrors. So I see them as advisory tools. This past month, being February, our last one was, uh, we called it Friendjuary, and we focused all on friendship. And we had a quiz for both adults and young people on whether or not you're a woo friend or a woe friend. <laughs> Joe and Phil, something's telling me you're both woo friends. I can feel it, the hype from the both of you. <laughs> um, but it has created amazing conversations between advisors and young people on whether or not they need to invite a little more woe into their life or a little more woo into their life. And so just a unique way of, again, kindling conversations about important topics for middle schoolers today. Brooklyn, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I, I'm inspired. I want to follow more of your work. And um, I followed you on Twitter. And uh, hopefully those uh, out in the Twitterverse uh, uh, did, did that as well. Um, so thank you. And uh, look forward to uh, hearing more about you soon. Thank you.